Hello, everyone. Welcome to Indigenous Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Madison, speaking, and then I also have our co-host, Keisha. Hi, everybody. I'm Keisha. Um, I'm from Alberta, Canada, and Keisha's from Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, today, our topic is going to be on blaming other people mm-hmm. and how you can cope and heal from that. Um, so I don't know. Um, how do you want to just jump in? Do you just want to like get right into it? Or... Yeah, I'll say a few things. Um, we are talking about generational trauma. So that's basically one of the things from generational trauma is constantly blaming others. And yeah, this is what we're talking about. Okay. And did you want to go first or me? Uh, you can go first. Okay, mine will be probably just, like, within, like, five minutes or something, so. <laughs> yeah, that's no problem. Okay. Um, when you grow up within a Native family, I should say, it is easier for you to carry on certain, like, traits like that, like, blaming others. And thinking it's their fault because you're this way or their addictions and your addictions is their problem. And it's never your problem. You're always constantly blaming. And that's one of the those generational traumas that we bring into our families. And not much people talk about that because we don't know right from wrong when we grow up because we're not shown that way of like taking that responsibility into your own hands. And we've always seen that toxic type of way growing up, I would say. I was always around toxic people, like alcoholics and people that were into drugs. And they were always blaming like other people for their next fix or I need this money. And if they don't get that money, that's when they're like, oh, well, this is why I do this or do that. This is why I drink. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that do that in my family still to this day. But I'm happy to say that I, I stopped that, that, that little cycle that my family was in because I know it's my fault that I did certain things. And most of those times I wanted to have a drink, that was my fault. And I always like blamed others too as well. Like, but I got out of that as I grew older you start to realize, like, oh, man, this is really my fault. Like, I'm the one that's picking up the bottle and picking up the whatever, you know, like the bad traits and the bad lifestyle that I put onto myself. So that was my fault. That's how I realized it was not okay to blame others. So, yeah, I basically just stopped blaming because I never realized it hurts people. It hurts other people when you blame them because they actually think it's their fault when really it isn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's something I had to say about that. So, you can go. Okay. Um. So, I think, like, growing up blaming, like, uh, when I started blaming other people, like, I just remember I used to be, like, so angry all the time. Like, I remember in my preteens, um, right up to, like, being almost 18 I used to always like I was so angry all the time and 
I remember being so angry at everyone in my family because I was blaming them. Like, um, I grew up in, I remember like being in the system and, um, in reality, like, uh, my mom made her choices and decided to give us up because like she couldn't take care of us. And I just remember like me and my brothers were split up and like, I was so mad all the time because like I was blaming my family and like thinking, oh, like you're the reason why my mom is the way she is. Like you're like, you're the reason why me and my brothers aren't together. Like I would just remember I had so much built up anger and like, um, I just didn't know how to handle it. So like, I thought like if I made, like I thought of it, um, if I made other people hurt the way that I hurt and if I made them angry or anything if I got a reaction out of them then they knew how I felt so like blaming them for a lot of things was what I did like I wanted them to feel the hurt that I like that I felt for so long and then after a while like I think it was like just after I turned 18 and like I realized like well, like, that's when I started getting, like, really more involved in my traditional values and, like, my traditional, like, lifestyle. And, like, I moved away from my community and, like, my community was so toxic. And I just remember, like, thinking, like, I had, like, this headspace. Like, I did not want to end up like my parents. Like, I wanted to be my own person. Like, I just did not want to be compared to them anymore. And I wanted to make a name for myself and so I started getting more invo involved in my traditional way of life and like I started praying more to the creator because like I needed a lot of help I was so like emotionally damaged and like I was such a wreck at the time and I think like blaming and blaming others was just a reflex after a while like it just came so easily to me and I remember, like, if I got in trouble with my friends, I would have to get my friends in trouble just so that they knew how it felt or knew how I felt when it was happening. And, like, after a while, like, I realized, like, I wasn't making a lot of friends that way. And, like, I was losing a lot of people in my life. And it was just, I was becoming so toxic myself. And I think, like, that way of life, like, it just hurt so many people and like I know it hurt my family like the most because like they were so worried about me like I remember like they thought like I was either gonna end up dead or end up like my parents and I knew like they did not want that life for me and I remember this one piece of advice that I got and it was from it was like from an elder and I remember like they said, like, if you're going to blame people for all the bad things, you got to blame them for all the good things, too. And I never understood it for such a long time. And um, probably when I was, like, just turning 20, I realized it. And I was just thinking, damn, like, if it wasn't for all that negative bullshit that happened in my life, like, I would never be where I am today. Like, if it wasn't for my mom putting me um, in the system and making me experience what I experienced I would never be this person like I like I did not have it easy and I'm not saying I had like a super hard life but like 
it was just very difficult to get to where I am today and I think like that's probably what I'm more like most grateful for like being able to experience what I experienced um it was definitely like a life changer and it made me open up my eyes to a lot of things because I blamed everyone for me being in the system and it wasn't their fault it wasn't even my fault and after a while like I just had this built-up rage for so long and like I didn't know what to do with it but now I'm just now I'm like gonna be 21 and I have like a family of my own and like I can never imagine putting them through like that emotional and like physical pain that I was put through but like a lot of the pain that I was that I was holding in was completely like the choices that I made and like so like yeah it was just most like it was a lot of my choices and a lot of like the things that I decided to do and like that's why I was so angry in that Mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know <laughs> um yeah <clears throat> so I don't know like blaming others is just it's it comes easily and it comes naturally to a lot of people and I don't think like like from an outstanding type of view like I don't think people understand that but like to a lot of people that like experience addiction and like you know that are so used to doing it already like I think a lot of people would agree like it just comes naturally and it just comes instinct like it's just kind of like an instinct I guess and mm-hmm. yeah yeah I agree with that for sure it's easier easier to do than stop doing it I would say yeah and like I think, like, for me, like, when I started healing and when, like, I think, like, with me, like, I felt really guilty. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, a lot of people, like, feel the same way. But, like, I remember when I started, like, healing from, like, the addictions I was going through and I started realizing, like, all the pain that I put so many people through because of, like, me blaming them and, like, getting them in trouble, too, like, like, if it, it made me feel, like, super guilty, like, I felt so, so bad because I realized, like, I messed up really, really big time. Like, I had, when I realized it, like, I had no friends. I was, like, by myself, and it was just, like, horrible to be my be by myself and have, like, and to be feeling so guilty and to have, like, all those thoughts, like, in your head. Like, it was just such a horrible time in my life, and, like, Oh my goodness, like it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like when once you let that go, you feel more better. And once you stop that cycle, you won't have to worry about passing it down to your children and making them like realize like oh this like how we have to do like we have to realize this stuff. Like we don't get taught that because we don't have that parent in our life to tell us, you know, right from wrong or like, you know, Mm-hmm. We see them doing that, so it's, like, hard to say for us to stop doing that as well. Yeah. Because I see it every, like, every day. Mm-hmm. Honestly, every day in my life, I see it. And, like, that's what I would mean. Like, I was wanting to 
say like there's a way you can it's never too late to let that go and it's never too late to like let go of that toxic trait that was passed down from our like parents and grandparents like we will learn to forgive them and then once we forgive them we heal and we learn like what helps us in the longer run like me I turn to same thing as you I turn to my spiritual ways my traditional ways I turn to ceremonies I I was in there for a whole year I was with those with a lot of elders I worked with a lot and they made me realize a lot as well like they say stuff that you don't really think means like anything at the time but once you think about what they said it's like makes sense because they're trying to teach you something Mm -hmm. and they also teach you like certain like ways to cope with it like beading I didn't know that how to do that until like a a grandma showed me how to do that and like uh, a a mushroom a grandpa they showed me how to do like stuff like that and they weren't even like biological like they weren't related or anything like they were just I don't know I feel like I met them for a reason and that was that reason like to learn those how to overcome that yeah it was like hard for me because like I cried and cried and cried in that in the ceremonies to heal myself it was so hard it really was but once you feel connected more to your people I feel like you start to talk about the things that bother you and let it all go and once you stop that you'll start to realize the toxic in you yeah (laughs) like it's really hard to find that toxic because you're just so used to it and it becomes a cycle within your life and once you let that go you see yourself just glowing and growing and flourishing like, yeah you know it's beautiful when you let that and go. I also don't think like a lot of people understand like how traumatizing and how traumatic the healing process can be too because mm-hmm. I know like when I was healing from everything in my life like the addiction the sexual abuse like feeling guilty for putting other people and like horrible situations because of myself and my actions and like what I would say like I know like it was just so traumatic healing and like it was horrible like it was horrible but at the end of the day like I like I wouldn't change if I could go back and change it I don't think I would because like it made me who I am today made me a stronger person like now I can like openly talk about the traumatic things that happened in my life and I don't have to feel guilty about it I don't have to feel like it's all my fault because there's so many people and I don't also have to feel alone because there's so many people that went through the same thing that I went through and like you know like there was times where I felt dirty there was times where I felt depressed there was times where I was suicidal and like I don't think like a lot of people understand like some of the words some of like the actions that they take and do like it's one step away from you know like impacting your life either in a good way or in a negative way mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. is true that is so true it is it hard. really is and for them for them to see that as well oh my trip yeah it was it's hard for them to see that yeah and like I think like you know there's so many people that were in residential schools and 
that had such terrible lives like where they were like that like you know like any person that dares try to say that residential schools were okay is a liar because it was not okay like they have never experienced it they probably will never like they will never probably be able to know how it felt like like our people were stripped of their identity and like you know like forced to live the same way that other people like had to live and it was just something so traumatic and so like exhausting probably and like you know like as mm-hmm. like as they have children as they get older and had children and their children got older and had children like that trauma was just passed through the generations and like you know like it was either addiction um lying uh the like theft and like it's just I don't think like a lot of other people would be able to understand unless like they've experienced that generational trauma like they know and like they have to like see well like they don't have to but like you know like it's like it's good to know like it's good to walk in shoes before you judge them and I remember being a teenager like Mm -hmm. I was such a little shit (laughs) and I'm like I just thought I knew everything and I was trying not to deal with my trauma if that makes sense like I was I was doing all this bad stuff just so I didn't have to deal with the trauma and I was just pushing it deep and deeper and deeper and deeper and down so that's like I don't know it's just kind of hard to explain I guess yeah and then like when you start doing those addictions like you start drinking and you start having friends that becomes like a warmth and like a welcome like experience because you never got that Mm -hmm. before you know and you want to have that you want to have someone who cares for you and that's hard because you don't get that when you're growing up and your your life was all around like residential schools and stuff like I never had that so like I was more dragged into that lifestyle because I wanted friends I guess but once I realized like oh once I put this down like I won't have those friends anymore and sure enough once I stopped I stopped drinking and I like abusing it and doing all that all the time with my friends trying to have friends and all that like I realized they're not even my friends you know they say they were and then like I quit that drinking I got into beating and sewing and dancing it's like they don't care about that stuff because it's not important it's not important to them because they weren't shown that lifestyle and it's not exciting for them like I asked them like oh you want to be they're like uh I'm drinking I'm just like okay (laughs) no I definitely yeah it's just like it's very hard to stop yourself from going down that lifestyle as well so it's it's inevitable inevitable I can't even yeah no I definitely (laughs) agree with you 100% like um it's it's very sad like I I know like for me like I had a best friend like um like I have a best friend well I don't know like it's just like um I know people that like deal with like addictions and I don't know like for like I don't know like it's probably like the same thing for you but like I don't know like if you ever see them and then like you see how they are now and then like when you you just kind of remember like Mm -hmm. all the good times you had when you were younger and like it's really really like it just breaks your heart to see where they are now yeah like I know that's how it is with me when Mm -hmm. I see people that 
I was friends with when I was younger or I was like or I'm like related to and like I see them struggling with addiction so like it makes me like so sad to see them dealing with that because like I knew like when I was younger they're super great like they're super great to be around and Mm-hmm. but no like I definitely agree like with what you said like I remember like I like I used to blame my family all the time about like a lot of things when I was younger and like I would always be like the mm-hmm. person to def- like to depend on my friends that weren't really my friends and like when I was younger I didn't see that and now that I see that like I realized damn like they only wanted to be friends with me when it was beneficial like they only wanted to be mm-hmm. around me when I had money or if I had alcohol or if I had drugs and like that's like the thing like you don't really realize when you're younger like you like to think that oh yeah these people are really my friends like don't worry like they're really my friends like they're there for me more than my family is mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I thought and so when I was going out and like doing what I was doing like it, whether it was like drinking or partying or doing drugs or doing this and uh I would never tell my family what I was doing but then the moment I got in trouble I would I would be like it was kind of just like a reflex and kind of like you know like I've done it for so long so I'm just gonna be like oh like you know like well if it wasn't for you like not being so involved in my life I wouldn't be the way that I am now but then realizing now I'm like well they weren't so involved in my life because I didn't allow them to be so involved in my life so, like, I was just yeah. pretty much blaming them for, like, no reason because that was, like, my choice to not tell them yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. hmm And they didn't have that opportunity to care for you in that time. Cause you oh, didn't yeah, like, them. no, I was definitely, like... Same, though, that's how I was. Yeah. I was very secretive. I have no idea why. I have no idea why. I wish I was more open because then they would have been like, oh, well, no, you're not going. (laughs) Yeah, like, exactly. (laughs) Like, I wish I was more of, like, an open person when I was younger because, like, if I was more open when I was, Mm -hmm. like, you know, 13, 14, 15, up to my, like, up to 17, like, like, you know, like, I could have dealt with, like, all my problems in a proper way instead of, like, you know, going out drunk and doing this and that and like then coming back and being so angry and hateful towards so many people that were just trying to help me mm-hmm. oh yeah that's how I was too I was like really mad at my dad I don't know why but it was like something between me and my dad I guess it was like I wanted someone to care but I also pushed him away because of like I wanted friends, I wanted to drink, I wanted to mm-hmm. feel that happiness because he was so busy with work and all that and I couldn't get that, I guess. So that's kind of, I always seen like my mom doing the same thing. So I thought it was okay. And that's and so honestly how I started that. And I thought it was like, oh, it's my mom's fault. But it was actually, you know, you start to realize mm-hmm. like, oh, this is mine. This is all my fault, you know, like you have to deal with it. You have to learn how to deal with it it's all up to you if you want to change yourself like I learned I needed to change myself because certain things happened to me while I was trying to go and party Mm -hmm. go and have friends and when I was when I went through that situation they weren't there so I was like what the heck this 
was like a a change for me a big change because I knew I needed to quit that in order to like heal myself and once I once I stopped drinking I lost my friends I started getting more into the lifestyle that I wanted before like I always wanted to dance Paolo and I wanted to always get into those type of things like ever since I was little I always like really was attracted to that lifestyle but I never took it into my own hands and tried it out for myself because that's what I had to do was learn on my own I didn't have no family that was into pow dancing or singing or beating or sewing none of them are into that they're all into like just working that's honestly all my family Mm -hmm. is into is just working Mm -hmm. and now it's like everyone's always like oh you're so different from your family and I'm just like but how? It, <laughs> like how is that like how, like how are we supposed yeah to and be like to me like I feel so happy when mm-hmm. someone says that to me like when someone says like you're so different than uh back when you were in school like I feel so happy when I hear that because I know like when I was in school I was like not a good person I was such a terrible person and like I just had like this big gloomy mm-hmm. cloud over me and it was just it just followed me everywhere and like I always had to make people hurt like it was just this tactic for me and it was something that I just kind of depended on after a while and I know like yeah. like I know like with me like with me and my family like I stopped hiding like I started hiding stuff in that like probably when I was like 15 and I um for me like the reason why I started like blaming other people like well blaming a lot for my family was because I remember like I was 15 and you know me and my friends and like I just thought oh like you know like a party like cool like it'll be it'll be fun it's my first party I'll be going to and you know everything was fine everything was great and I never once expected in my life that I would be sexually assaulted at a party but I was 15 years old when Mm -hmm. that happened to me and unfortunately that wasn't the first time I was sexually assaulted but it was the first time that I was triggered by all the past ones and I that's when I was like so like I became so depressed and so secretive my family like I never even told my family it happened like I was Mm -hmm. so embarrassed like I was so scared like it was just so traumatizing for me and like I know like a lot of people like are probably gonna say like oh well why didn't you call the cops why didn't you tell anyone and like for me like I was so shocked like for so long like I I'm live right now please oh no sorry um my brother knows I'm live (laughs) no it's okay (laughs) um but no like I was so shocked for so long (laughs) and I don't even think some people like I know like a lot of people that haven't experienced sexual abuse will never understand like how long it even takes to process being sexually assaulted like it like I was in shock like I was so shocked for like weeks I remember just coming Mm -hmm. home from school every day like I remember after it happened I would come home every day after school and I would sit in my room I wouldn't even like go on my phone I would just sit in my room like I would sit on my bed and I would stare at a wall and I would 
just rethink what happened over and over like it just kind of played like a movie in my head and like that was one of the things that were embedded in my head like that was one of the things that were that was always embedded in my head I remember like that memory was just so traumatizing and like it opened a door which I like it opened a door where I remember I was being sexually assaulted when I was younger and like it opened up that door and all those memories came flooding in and it was just like so traumatizing and it was like by the same person that did it to me when I was younger and unfortunately be at that party so it was just something that was just so difficult to deal with and I just totally remember like it playing through my head over and over again and I remember each time it played over in my head I just got I would either get angrier or I got sadder and like I know like my family noticed this change in me but like I didn't tell it was like like think of me as like a dirty person because I thought that's what was gonna happen and I uh I remember like being younger and I would watch like you know Degrassi and like their their older Degrassi and there was like this one episode where this girl was sexually assaulted and people thought she was a dirty girl and I remember I watched that in grade eight and I was 14 so it was like before this happened and then when it happened that was one of the things that I thought about Um, and I didn't want people to think of me as a dirty girl and so I never told anyone and then when I was 16 I told I told like I spoke about it and then they're like well if it really happened to you you would have said you would have talked about it sooner so that was just kind of like the reaction I got and I was like oh my god like like I was I was literally sexually assaulted and people like just think like they didn't believe me and so like I just remember like I blamed people for like why it happened like I was like well like you know like if you didn't stop me from going out that night, like it wouldn't have happened. But like, they didn't know. They didn't know. Like I was so secretive. Mm -hmm. Like I was so like kept to myself after that. And I just got so like, Mm -hmm. I got more angry and more angry. Like I remember I would wake up angry. I would go to bed angry. Like it was just this big cloud of anger and gloominess and sadness all at once and like I just remember like if I seen someone in my family I was angry at them it didn't matter if they knew what was going on like I just had this smite and this hatefulness passion towards them and it was just horrible and then when I turned 18 like I well like I was 17 when I started dating my boyfriend but I turned 18 when I moved up to where we live now and like I spoke about it and people like they believed me and I was like oh my god I was like this I didn't expect them to like I just kind of expected them to be how Mm -hmm. my family was and I think like with my family like the difference between my family and like my boyfriend's family is like like his family doesn't care how you look like as long as you get help like as long as you deal with this in the right way like they don't care how you look and like with my family like you know like Mm -hmm. you had to you had to like make sure like you were 
I don't know, like, I don't want to say, like, a word that would, like, offend my family, because I know, like, I'll have, yeah, like, I know I'll have, like, some family members watching, but, like, like, for me, at the, like, for me at the time and now, like, I'm just going to be blunt and honest, so, like, if any of my family are watching, you know, like, any of my in-circle family, like, inner circle, like, you know, like, the uh, close, close family members, like, so, like, for me, like, yeah. I will mm-hmm. always feel like it was about appearance. You know, like, your family, like, our family had to look and, like, be a certain way. And to me, like, that's how I felt. Like, mm-hmm. that's still how I kind of feel to this day. And, you know, like, I'll probably be, like, getting messages and be like, oh, son, like, that's not how our family was. But, like, to me, like, that's how I felt. And, like, I don't Mm -hmm. think, like, a lot of people will ever understand that. But, like, when I came up here and, like, you know, like, like, my boyfriend's family was, like, so kind. And, like, they helped me heal so much, like, emotionally and physically. Like, I was so damaged when Mm -hmm. I came up here. I was, like, so, so damaged. But, like, I learned to heal. Yeah, like, I learned to heal and... Yeah. Like, learn to be at peace with what others think and say. But, like, it was just more about me. And I had to worry about, like, how I felt and, like, what I would say. Yeah. For sure. It's, like, really hard for someone to come out and tell someone about that so I'm really proud for you thank you proud of you for telling no like I I feel like if it was like last year or the year before I would never say I would like never talk or say anything about that but like now that I'm older like I realize Mm -hmm. like now like it's gonna help so many people like it's like my story is gonna help so many people because they're not gonna feel like they're alone they're not gonna feel like it's the only one like they're not gonna feel like it's not only happening to them Mhm. And you feel so lost when that is when that happens to you and you don't know who to turn to that like exactly mm-hmm. that's the reason why I quit my alcohol because it was yeah. a family member and it was like really hard for me to talk about but that was the reason the main reason I quit and I've ever since that the time I don't even drink that much only once in a while like Mm-hmm. It's very rare for me to go out now. So I'm just like a homebody now. I just stick home. I stay and chill with my beads. I always make stuff. Like that's a way of my healing. That's like healing to me because it helps me like I literally mm-hmm. like feel so clear-minded yeah. if that makes sense. And when you're beading, all you think about is the beads and you feel so happy and I was always told never bead when you're sad or mad or anything because these beads are spirits and they could like they yeah. give off like vibes you know like how how the power dancers give off vibes that's exactly the same thing as beadwork you know if you bead when you're sad that mm-hmm. person that's wearing it is gonna feel like that it's like if you put your mind to certain things it could happen like this podcast we never thought we were gonna do stuff like this but we wanted to give someone like 
people that are scared yeah. to talk we want to give them a voice so they could like listen to us and oh what that happened to you like I didn't know that well yeah because it's like if I was to say that to someone that they wouldn't care you know like they wouldn't like really take it into consideration and like oh that happened to you or like you know they would just be like gossiping yeah. and they'd be like oh you like, know what happened to you know that's how it is like it's so messed up now because you can't trust nobody you can't say nothing to nobody but me and you like we found each other like through yeah like social media and we never really knew each other about anything and in a way it heals me as well to have a friend like you just to talk to and let stuff out and whenever we're feeling literally just like (laughs) message each other like you don't you don't even have to like know somebody to really feel welcomed or like you just even mm-hmm. you could message one of us like if you're feeling sad if you're listening to this podcast right now and you need someone to talk to we're here you know like if you want us to speak about something you could message one of us and we'll talk about it because we've been through a lot and we're just trying to like give our little opinions and advice to you guys so you guys could hear what we have to say and what we went through. I never really told anybody what I'm telling this podcast. So it's like, yeah, basically a journal for us. Yeah, to us, other people, mm-hmm. so they could relate. To no, us, I definitely agree with you 100%. Like this is mm-hmm. definitely like a little diary, a journal. Put all of our thoughts and like our and our emotion into this and like this is something that is so special to me and Keisha Mm -hmm. and like we know that there's so many like indigenous youth that have been through the same thing as us and some people that are still going through it that uh, probably listen to our podcast so like we just want to like share our experiences with you and like we want you guys to know like you guys are not alone like this is a safe place to be like this podcast is our safe Mm -hmm. place Yes, it is for sure. So this, uh, do you want to end the podcast and we could just end it off with like a Cree word of the day or something? Um. Uh, sure. Do you have one? Yeah, I could do one. Well, you have your wood. Your wood. Well, ours is just like well, I don't know. Yeah, pretty sure. Kind of the same. So. Oh, Wait, yeah. Do you want to do a Cree? Do you want uh? Do you want me to do a Cree word and you could do a Cree word? Um. Well, we'll start off real simple because most of the people don't really know much about because it's mostly the following we have is on TikTok, and so I'll just say, okay. well, I could say one right now. So, like, in our language, yeah. I'll just say hello. It's like it's easier for them to realize what we're saying. So hello in Plains Cree is Tanse. So I would be like Tanse. My name is Keisha. Um, yeah, that's how you say hello. So I speak language. with Tanse. or well, I don't speak Woodlands Cree. Hello. I know like they do. I'm pretty sure they do it up here, but where I'm from, like I speak Plainland uh, Plains Cree like you. So we would say my Cree word of the day is cat. Mm-hmm. So like well like minos, but that means cat in English. Um, so yeah, we have all of mm-hmm. so like my daughter called even though like that's not 
the kitty's name, but I'm pretty sure that's going to end up being the kitty's name. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my Cree word of the day. <laughs> and we hope you guys have a wonderful day and awesome. we will see you guys soon. Yes, thank you all for listening to our podcast. We appreciate all of you and we'll upload see some everyone. more soon. <laughs>